So Korea lifted its strict social distancing measures and switched to an everyday quarantine system two weeks ago. Uh, During this period, and actually arguably because it was during the uh, Golden Week period, a little bit before that period, uh, there was a new cluster infection that emerged out of the Seoul Itaewon area. Now, despite some concerns that uh, new community transmission cases uh, could be uh, continuously uh, emitting for the time being, the health ministry says the country uh, won't return to those earlier strict measures as long as the new cases are kept under 50. And the country's quarantine system will certainly be put to a new test now as schools will open in phases, including with high school seniors starting classes Today, So let's hear from an expert who is part of the social dialogue group on the everyday quarantine scheme. We're very pleased to be joined uh, from the School of Public Health at Seoul National University, also the president of the uh, Korean Health Economic Association, Dr. Kwon Soon-man on the line. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Kwon. Uh, what are your thoughts on the... Uh, overall response to the uh, cluster infection uh, that came out of Itaewon? I think uh, overall it has been effective. Um, We are all a bit worried about this. I I think it's kind of a spike, but the government seems to quite effectively do all those epidemiological investigations. And and so far, uh, finally, uh, the, the number of new cases confirmed Uh, dropped to a manageable level. So I think uh, overall success. But, but, you know, my, my point is that we are, we are improving. I mean, the number of overall cases is declining, but we, there's always some kind of this kind of small spike and spike. That's, that's what we should expect. We can, we can never get to the point of zero or below five. I don't think so. So this is, this, uh, we're talking about infectious disease. So there's always some small, small, small spikes, but uh, the real question is whether uh, this is small enough for us to, to contain it effectively. Right. So if, as long as the, the mass testing, uh, the contact tracing, and, and the isolation measures are in place, uh, we, we can expect that this is the new normal and we shouldn't get, just get uh, panicked or uh, disappointed that we're not... You know, I think people kind of look at this as a sports game, right? Where you see zero and then five and then, okay, uh, foreign entries are, are nine and then, oh, we only have two. And, and so it's got almost kind of is like a video game, whereas uh, you're saying this is just an infectious disease and this is sort of just a reality that we're living in right now, right? Definitely, definitely. That's what. That's why. I mean, I always thought that we should open the school a bit earlier because mm. um, uh, you know, the, because we are not. We have a make a societal level decision making, right? Right. Not not just based on the number of new cases, but uh, based on different types of government responses and social responses. What are the benefits and costs? of different measures. You know, I'm an economist. So if you keep schools closed longer and longer, of course, we can we can keep the infectious, I mean, new confirmed cases very low, but there's other societal costs of keeping students longer at home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what is the, I mean, um, academic performances, potential problems uh, about staying too long at home, so that kind of thing. So we should all have a good balance of the benefits, costs, and risks of different decisions. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because as you are part of this dialogue group on the, uh, you know, how we can gradually open up the country again. Uh, There are, of course, diverse opinions, right? And and, and certainly if you uh, go on uh, various media outlets, you'll see various experts have various uh, opinions. For example, um, uh, Dr. Lee Jae-gap, right, who's been uh, very prominent in the media, he he was voicing concerns. Uh, He was uh, voicing concerns that perhaps even with the idea of schools opening early, that uh, this might be uh, sending a message that uh, everyone should can relax and uh, perhaps that it was a little bit too early. Uh, That diversity of opinion uh, in the medical circles and the scientific fields uh, also has to coincide with uh, obviously the policymakers and what the um, uh, health officials feel as well as what the uh, education ministry officials feel. And so it seems like it's a very difficult task to get everybody to have that dialogue and get on the same page and try to come up with a cohesive policy. Sure, sure. Because um, people have different, uh, even the expert group, uh, experts from which discipline, what kind of background, it matters. Like people with a medical background or infectious disease background, mm-hmm. they focus on the risk of infections. But for me, I'm a public health and health economics. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, we should also take into account other, other costs and benefits part of, of this decision. As I mentioned, if it, if it, if the schools are closed, it's not open. What are the what should be the care burden on on the mom, especially the, who are working? So, which or how, how about the academic performance, especially for those uh, children from uh, lower socioeconomic status? It will be more. So, we should take into account this type of even more intangible effect because the number of cases is more tangible. So people are easily ups and downs and easily responsive, responsive to this type of uh, number of cases. As you mentioned, it's like a video game. People are listening to the, 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 the uh, media or the report by the government. Okay, today, how many more patients uh, compared to yesterday? But of course, we should be vigilant. I fully agree that we should be vigilant, but we should not be too too concerned about this small, small changes in, in, in numbers. In That's terms of then uh, the other aspect of things, uh, the idea that uh, there's a signal being sent, maybe even to the young kids that uh, feel so cooped up and tired and really, really just yeah. uh, t- uh, just uh, kind of wanting to get out. The weather's nice. Uh, they want to meet their friends. They want to socialize. They want to party. And they, they're going to the clubs. And so we had this outbreak in Itaewon. And we're seeing uh, various outbreaks uh, maybe emit in, in other social places like norebangs or um, uh, other clubs, uh, drinking establishments. Uh, what, what do you think then um, should be the responsibility not just for the government in terms of regulations, but also for these entertainment businesses uh, in terms of the nightlife aspects of things. So actually, that's why I think we need a prioritization. We, we don't, I mean, uh, same type of universal, same degree of restrictions is not effective. What we need is differential, differential kind of measures such that, like, like the same, if you look at the European countries, even if they still have a higher number of infections or confirmed cases, they start open schools. So usually in most countries and societies, the highest priority to reopen is school. And usually the, the last, uh, uh, I mean, the entertainment business and bars, they are the last place to be open. Mm. So we need to prioritize. 
so in that sense, it's a bit strange that Korea kept these uh, bars and nightclubs open, uh, whereas the school has been closed. I think that it should be reversed in terms of prioritization. Okay. I'm sorry to the young people who like bars, and, yeah. but, but that there should be a different priority. Okay, so just to clarify, uh, in your stance is that you are not necessarily, uh, Mr. Economy needs to reopen just like Georgia and Florida over in the U.S., where despite their um, curve still on an upward trend, that they want to reopen all the businesses uh, as it stands right now uh, without adequate testing in place. Um, You do feel that there should be precautions in place, especially with these um, what you deem to be lower priority openings like uh, bars and room salons and and clubs and all that. But you do feel that at least for the kids, provided that uh, there are precautions taken, that uh, education, at least that priority should, uh, once things are given the clear, uh, be allowed to open. Sure, sure. And also in in the context of the U.S., uh, I think it's a bit too early to open the economies. Still, there are still a high level of infection. Still, the number of confirmed cases are still very high. So, I'm, 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 I, it seems to me that U.S. is a bit too too hurry yeah. to to rush to rush to open the economy. But in the context of Korea, we are already. I'm thinking that the, the number of cases are already low enough for us to. I mean, it, it can never. Zero, but government targets that uh, that number of cases are below fifty. Still, you know, fifty. If you ask me, how, how do you get this number fifty as a criteria? There is no no clear cuts uh, uh, for this criteria. But we think that if the number of confirmed cases are below fifty, that then we can manage it in terms of epidemiological impact, uh, investigation. So, uh, if you have, you need a good target, and then if if the real number of confirmed cases is below the target, then we should we should pay attention to the economy and social I mean social activity. Otherwise, because we cannot keep we cannot keep it closed forever. We should open into uh, at some point. But as I mentioned earlier, the priority is very important. In terms of priority, probably like a manufacturing plant mm. is more more important than bars. So we should you should open consider opening the manufacturing plants earlier than the bars and and and, right. and the nightclubs. Yeah, and c- can you also uh, talk about uh, the uh, discussions uh, with a recent meeting with Prime Minister Chung Se-kyun and and some of the uh, sustainable response measures uh, that were shared? Yeah, I think uh, we have some discussions on this type of which should be the priority and another issue is what should be the health sector uh, look like uh, after this uh, COVID. So we, we these, these days call it post-COVID-19 life. So it seems to me like like other sectors where there are a lot of discussions on untapped things, I think the same applies to the healthcare because mm-hmm. um, in, in Korea, uh, I think education, overall education and medical care is a bit, uh, there's a, I mean, Less and less changes compared to other sectors. Then, in in uh, because of this COVID nineteen, we had to think about alternative modality of service delivery. So, in, in education, we do like internet based lecture. For example, my university, we don't have any face to face classes. We we all yeah. uh, teach classes based on Zoom. Then, what what does that mean to to healthcare? I think it's a kind of telemedicine is, is a good example. And uh, as you know, telemedicine has not been allowed by law 
or in Korea, but uh, the COVID-19 gave a good opportunity to temporarily allow uh, telemedicine because um, it, it reduced the potential infection of doctors. So that's one of the reasons why doctors accepted this temporary uh, change because when a patient comes, it's hard to see whether the patient is infected. So this type of untapped modality of service delivery or consultation reduces the potential infection. Plus, uh, some people, like older people, they cannot, it's, it's very difficult or they are very mm. scared to visit clinics uh, in, in this COVID-19 time. So if you have a, like a, a phone call consultation or prescription is allowed, it improves the, the access to, to medical care for those uh, vulnerable populations. So I think telemedicine one of, is one of the most uh, important uh, changes, uh, temporary changes, but I think it will have a fundamental impact in the long run in the healthcare in Korea. So that is also been discussed in, in the meeting last week. Well, that's a very interesting point that you raised because uh, there is, uh, you are uh, the head of the Health Economic Association, so obviously you're dealing with both health and economic issues. Uh, the head of the, uh, the Doctors uh, Association the uh, some critics will call them not necessarily a medical association, but more of like a lobbyist uh, group for self-interest. <laughs> uh, their chairman, Choi Dejip, he is basically saying to his doctors, you know what, stop doing this. This is not good for our bottom line. This is not good for our uh, self-interest. And, and they're very critical of the whole concept of uh, expansion of medical care through these remote type of services. In terms of then trying to, if, if doctors or a significant proportion of them are just saying, we, we don't like this kind of new way of doing things, how, how do we get everyone back on the same page? Uh, yeah, you're right. So we should, uh, we should try hard to communicate uh, with them and convince them. But uh, at certain points, uh, it might be difficult. Because, so I'm worried that in the worst case, that the government, I mean, the medical association pushed the government to give a big, uh, uh, big part, big kind of compensatory measures to compensate for the potential loss of income yeah. as a result of, of COVID, uh, as a result of this telemedicine. But I think even in the medical uh, community, they are divided, you know, because uh, the large hospitals, like the tertiary care hospitals, they all support this type of, of, of uh, telemedicine or, or untapped consultation. It's more so, the clinics, right? The, the single-man clinics. Yeah. So, so those Korean medical associations basically represent the uh, vested interest of uh, physician clinics, small office space physicians in our neighborhood. So, of course, they have a very important symbolic value in the medical community. But I'd like to emphasize that uh, it's not just uh, that there are other voices within this the big medical community, and as you know, the, the policy. What, what what is the major goal of to to achieve uh, by the health policy? We should first take care. Can, I mean, take care of what people want. What are the social benefits? So I hope the government is not uh, intimidated. I think <laughs> uh, government is, should have a political will to implement this type of uh, uh, of a new policy uh, to, for the benefit of the general public not for the benefit of, of the best interest.
Yeah, and it's an important point because before the coronavirus pandemic, uh, there was a lot of debate over the the so-called moon care, right? This uh, very dramatic expansion of the benefits that people here who pay into the uh, single-payer health insurance scheme can result, uh, can receive, right? Whether whether they're talking about MRIs or CT scans or or treatments for cancers. Expanded care, perhaps higher premiums, and then that back and forth with the uh, the clinic groups, these uh, uh, doctors association, medical association uh, folks who who don't want to necessarily see uh, a damage to their economic interest. Do you feel then th- that political will you're talking about, and maybe even political capital, because of the effectiveness of how the government has handled the coronavirus response, because of the idea that K quarantine, so called, or uh, the, um, the the Korean example to lead the rest of the world, gives this government as well as um, uh, the policies a little bit more momentum to kind of foresee that vision that you have been uh, uh, proposing uh, going forward. Yeah, I, I I fully agree. That's what uh, what I I envision. But at the same time, I'm a bit worried because in the case of implementing this so-called moon care, that the government raised the the fees for yeah. doctor services a lot, right? As a as a compensatory measures. So I think that the government should have political will to implement this telemedicine. But at the same time. Uh, we can we can accept some degree of compensatory measures for doctors, but not too much. If if we should compensate too much for the loss of doctors' income, then the whole whole cost or benefit of this telemedicine or new new policy measure can be changed. So that's a bit another it's a bit point some of point that we should be worried about. So you do feel that it is inevitable that we should see some. Rise in our premiums, right? Because as the individual uh, who will have to pay into the scheme, uh, and the direct uh, issue with the compensation of the doctors, that there needs to be some sort of uh, kind of uh, social contract made where where the doctors can maybe accept a little bit of what we call a haircut, right? Get give a little bit of a haircut uh, to their uh, earnings, uh, but at the same time, perhaps um, increased volume of. Um, services that um, may offset each other. Uh, do you, are you do you think that this has to go then through a legislative process, or can the central government, as you say, with the political will, uh, be able to, to push this forward in, in, within the next few years? I think it should be both because it, it should be based on law because the current law, current medical law, does not allow a uh, untacked consultation between physicians and patients. So if you want to, and, and this is, temp, as I mentioned, it's just a temporarily allowed in the COVID-19 emergency. So if you want to see this telemedicine or untapped consultation in practice, we should first change the law, health law. But another point is that it's not just the government, but also the po- po- politics in, in the National Assembly. Because the, the official position of the current ruling party Mm-hmm. Is they they used to oppose to this idea of telemedicine, right? So they should the first. I I, I think that that the current political I mean ruling party now they have a kind of a big become a big majority in the national assembly. They should officially change the position. I think they can, but so that's that's very important because we should change the law, and then I think if there's a change in law, I think the Ministry of Health and Welfare will follow. But also, Minister of uh, uh, Strategy and Finance, they have been a important, big supporter mm-hmm. of this type of technological innovation. Also, other ministries like Minister of Small Business. 
Yeah, and the political will from the lawmakers, uh, as you say, and also, of course, uh, all of the uh, cabinet officials and the members of the government and the Blue House staff, uh, if they can uh, see that through, uh, we will have to deal with the side effects of a potential maybe walkout by uh, some of the doctors uh, as a part of the uh, association. But uh, that will then be a a dialogue and debate to be had at that time. All right, Dr. Guan, we are out of time, but uh, I do want to thank you for all the insights uh, shared here. Despite this coronavirus uh, pandemic, we do see some opportunities, hopefully for a better future. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye.